Hi, this is Lisa DeLay, and you're listening to the Spark My Muse podcast. This is Soul School, Lesson 110. Some thoughts from Meister Eckhart. Today I'm going to be talking a little bit about Meister Eckhart. I featured him in the course called Beginning in the Contemplative Way. Those were six live classes with worksheets that went along with them, and now they are available at sparkmymuse.com to watch the replays and go through the worksheets. There's also a Facebook page where you can go and interact with other people who are part of the class. It's an ongoing Facebook group that you can be a part of, a kind of community to speak about these things, about the contemplative way of life. Meister Eckhart lived from 1260 to 1328. He was a Catholic Dominican priest, also a administrator and in charge of a, a lot of things. He, he was a member in good standing of the Catholic Church. He was an authority in the church and a preacher in Germany. Even though he had writings and treatises in Latin, as many educated people would, he would preach in the vernacular in German. And he is one of the people in the contemplative tradition, in the mystic tradition, that is often admired and quoted, and his teachings are really taken to heart. And not just in Christian spiritual tradition, but he is often quoted among people who are of no religious tradition or people who uh, are from other religious traditions completely. Out of his teachings and mentorship came the mystical movement called the Friends of God and the work called the Flowing Light of the Godhead. A lot of his teachings were rediscovered in the 1960s in Basel with the Carthusian monks, and this revived a lot of his work and enthusiasm in what he had to say. Meister Eckhart ran into some trouble with the Catholic Church. At the time, they were confronting corruption. They were confronting some, what they were considering heretics and apostasy. And Meister Eckhart was speaking about things that they felt were straying off the path. He was never convicted for heresy or condemned for heresy. And he actually died before there could be any charges brought against him except for some notes related to a few things, maybe 17 things that he had written. He talked about God as the ground of being beyond the Trinity. That Trinity was a human concept, and that was a conceivable concept, which meant that God would have to be beyond that, because anything our finite minds could conceive wouldn't be capable of containing God or truly understanding God. He really spoke to not relying on church authority for understanding God, but that the Spirit of God within us could reveal God to us. And I think that in particular upset the church as uh, something that they felt could be slipping away from them as an authority, that he would maybe be promoting individual understanding. In some ways, people have felt that Meister Eckhart is a kind of forerunner to the Protestant Reformation that happened a little while later. Meister Eckhart describes God as beyond intellect and will and without distinction. God is present in that which is, and God is pre-manifest. He spoke a lot about contemplative prayer 
And he spoke a lot about detachment and disinterest and relinquishment, that these were key to union with God. And this, of course, rings true to people now who uh, study Buddhism. But the idea here isn't to empty oneself and, and become nothing, but instead be united to God in God's will through, through an emptying that makes one relinquish the selfishness and the I and the ambition that leads one to selfish desires and ambitions. Eckhart considered that the soul was on a process, a hierarchy of soul levels that moved toward union and, and a thorough emptying. Um, he spoke of spirituality in this way with a quote I'll, sh I'll share with you. There is a power in the soul which touches neither time nor flesh flowing from the spirit, remaining in the spirit, altogether spiritual. In this power, God is ever verdant and flowering in all the joy and all the glory that he is in himself. There is such heartfelt delight, such inconceivably deep joy as none can fully tell of. And that speaks to the inconceivability of God and the beyondness of God that's impossible to, to understand. This has a lot to do with the mysteries of contemplative spirituality and this kind of understanding that we can't understand. Understanding that there is mystery that is un understandable. He speaks about preaching in this quote. When I preach, I am accustomed to talk about detachment, saying that we should become free of ourselves and all things. Secondly, I say that we should be informed back into simple goodness, which is God. Thirdly, I say that we should be mindful of the great nobility which God has given the soul in order that we should become wonderfully united with him. Fourthly, I speak of the purity of the divine nature and of the radiance within it which is ineffable. So Meister Eckhart talked about this union with God sets us free from sin because we're so united with God's will, we only seek God's goodness, beauty, and that becomes our character too. This is what sets us free. This is the salvific power of the Spirit of God working within us. And here he speaks of union of God in this way. The union of the soul with God is far more inward than that of soul and body. Now, I might ask, how stands it with the soul that the soul is lost in God? Does the soul find herself or not? To this I will answer, as it appears to me, that the soul finds herself in the point where every rational being understands itself with itself. Although it sinks and sinks in the eternity of the divine essence, it can never reach the ground. Therefore God, therefore God has left a little point wherein the soul turns back upon itself and finds itself and knows itself to be a creature. That's kind of a really interesting way of talking about the soul, and to me it harkens to this thought of consciousness, this little turning back of the soul upon itself to notice itself. Kind of a fascinating way to describe unity with God, understanding, but also this way that we are found within God somehow. Goes on to say, God alone must work in thee without hindrance, 
that God may bring to perfection God's likeness in thee, so thou mayest understand with him and love with him. This is the essence of perfection. Now, John Wesley talks a little bit about spiritual perfection, too, and this has been sort of roundly misunderstood as, oh, how can we be perfect? We're human and we're fallible, and how can we have this perfection? But this is a a process to which we move toward that some of these great thinkers, great spiritual leaders witness to, testify to, or, or speak of, that when we are so close to God and in union with God, there's nothing hindering us anymore. We're in love with God. We understand God is to the best, to the most of our ability. And this is the essence of perfection. So when we obey and move in God's ways and God's will to the absolute best of our ability, that is the essence of perfection. Doing the best that you know how, with no reserves, nothing held back, that is what spiritual perfection is, according to my understanding of what Meister Eckhart is speaking to. And here's one more bit, right from Meister Eckhart himself. He says, You may now be asking when the will is perfect. It is perfect and right when it has no special reference, when it has cut loose from self, and when it is transformed and adapted to the will of God. The only true and perfect will is the one that has been merged with the will of God, so that man has no will of his own. And the more it is so, the more the man himself blends into God. He is wholly within God, and God is around him. Observe that all that is a consequence of the one, or of oneness, such as identity, likeness, image, relation, and the like, are properly to be found only in God or divinity. All these signify unity in multiplicity. Only in God are being and consciousness identical. This is um, something that I've been reading in modern thinkers, too, about being and consciousness. How consciousness, as people even in physics are thinking about a little differently, that consciousness may be a property of being itself, of existence itself, or our consciousness may be a property of the material world. It's interesting that Meister Eckhart talks about God, essence, consciousness, and awareness, our ability to behold God, or somehow be in union with God, is the property of God itself, whatever God may be. Anytime we conceptualize God, of course, we are making an idol because we can't possibly construe something that could be God. The only thing we can imagine or construe or construct is a is a God with a little g, because there's no way. However, we can move toward God, and indeed God is already within us and calls to us and calls us into embrace, into further embrace. Meister Eckhart himself is quoted as, as I read some of his work, you can read his work in a selected writing. So if you go on Amazon or go to a 
good bookstore, you can find selected writings by Meister Eckhart. It's a collection of his, mostly his sermons. And there's a maybe 125, 128 sermons that he did. And I think there's some other writings in there and sayings as well. And he speaks to the fact in his older age that he had no, in a sense, will or desire, selfishness, lust, sort of need to sin or desire to sin any longer in his life, that he was so at one and in love with God that those things didn't cross his mind anymore. He had given himself over in complete surrender to God and found complete, ultimate peace with God. Many of us, of course, most of us are not at that state. But the idea that we can hear from a spiritual teacher who bids that we continue to journey on toward that way, continue to journey on toward union with God and peace therein, is really a lovely hope. If you'd like to learn more about Meister Eckhart, you can also go to contemplativelight.com website. You can go to their courses there. They have a history of 20 mystics, 20 contemplatives throughout Christian history, and you can see their course. If you use the promo code SPARK, you can get an additional $25 off. And if you use a link uh, from my website, that's an affiliate link where I can receive some of the profits from that course would be a big help to me as well. Thank you so much for listening. I'd love to hear from you. What do you like about this podcast? Who are you out there? I really don't know who listens to this podcast, how they found out about it, and why they like it. I would love to hear from you. And if you'd like to send me a note to tell me why, you can write me at contact at sparkmymuse.com. I'd love to hear what you think and what you've enjoyed the most. Maybe I can bring more depth to future episodes on those things you've enjoyed the most. If you've listened to the show and you've thought, wow, I wish I could find out a little bit more about someone mentioned or a book or a website, that's what show notes are for. Just go to patreon.com forward slash spark my muse. Patreon is like patron with an E. Patreon.com forward slash spark my muse. If you enjoyed the show, please rate it on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening.